Hey, uh, Saturday night, huge game. Uh, probably not the most relevant showdown of all time, but certainly there's... Summer yeah, bragging rights on the oh, Six months of just how good yeah. am I uh, in South Australia. Yep. Uh, wouldn't be wasted. Uh, and to get a Port Adelaide perspective on uh, the whole situation, uh, we've got the former champion and coach, Matty Promise, on the line. G'day, Matt. Good evening, how are you going? We're, we're fantastic, mate. Thank you for joining us. Um, now, tell us, uh, how different um, is is showdown week compared to any other week of the year? Uh, yeah, look, it, it's, I was going to say significantly different. Significantly as in uh, the, the build-up, the... Um, the media, the fans, the streets, uh, uh, everything, you know, it's obviously a two-team town, so it's um, it just saturates, you know, everything from probably Monday afternoon right through until the game. So, and, you know, that's for players, staff, fans, anybody living in Adelaide. It's uh, it's, it's enormous and, uh, you know, the records are so close. I'm not sure, you know, what it is. The team may be ported up by a couple, but it's, it's super close and... Um, yeah, there's bragging rights. It certainly gives you a kick along the first couple of days after it. And uh, if you lose, you, you can't wait to get the next game so you can get off the back page of the paper. So um, it's great as finishing the last round. You know, um, both teams probably haven't had the season they'd like, but they're, they're finishing in pretty strong form. And um, obviously with a, a farewell of Robbie Gray too, there's a, there's a fair bit riding on it. So it'd be a great way for, for them to springboard into uh, into the summer and, uh, and their off-season. Yeah, Matty, it's was here. We have seen uh, with both teams, I mean, I think Adelaide have probably had a better year than they may have thought, and Port not so good. Um, where do you see sort of Port's year and, and what do you make of the sort of coaching tenure at the moment? I know you can't say much, you're still in the coaching game yourself, but... Oh, yeah. Well, look, unfortunately, the, I think the biggest... The thing they'll probably discuss at the end of the year is why did we start zipping five? You know, that was against... Um, you know, I think they lost to the Hawthorne at home. They lost a showdown after the siren. They might have lost another game that they were probably expected to win, and they had a really slow start. And um, I think they've shown over the last five or six weeks that you know they haven't been quite good enough to beat like Geelong's and Richmond's and those teams, but they've certainly pushed them a fair way. So why did they start zipping five? Because once they did that, um, you know, virtually every loss they had after that was um, a dagger in the heart for them to make the eight. So I think that'd be a a discussion for them, you know, the pre-season, the build-up into it, all those sorts of things. Um, you know, where guys didn't have a great pre-season through injuries or whatever it is, there's a, there's a reason for why they were zipping five because they're, they're definitely a, a top-eight team, um, but they haven't made it. Um, and, you know, the coaching stuff's really interesting, you know. Uh, Koshi came out a few weeks ago and said, you know, everyone's under scrutiny and no-one's guaranteed a job, and then... And uh, Ken comes out a day later and says, well, all discussions I have is I'm coaching here next year. And then a day later, Koshy says he's coaching next year. So um, <laughs> there seemed to be, uh, you know, I think as, as most people looked at it, there was Koshy probably trying to please the fans to an extent and because uh, they're certainly a, uh, a high-achieving fans. They're used to a lot of success. And, and as I said, I reckon they, they had a, a team that was definitely should have been playing finals. So, um, but look, they've... they've uh, you know, Ken's been there a long time, but um, you can always make a move, but that doesn't always mean that the person you're getting is better. And, and Ken's had a terrific record, um, and I suppose time will tell next year and then in the coming years whether, you know, 10 years is, is long enough or, you know, he's still got more stuff up his sleeve. They're a, a developing list. They're going back, you know, they're not as mature as they once were, and, but they've got a lot of youth and a lot of really good players that are going to blossom over the next couple of years. So do definitely a, uh, an interesting year next year, no doubt about that. 
And back to your sort of playing days as a ruckman down there, we, we're we going to start having the conversation about who's the best player Port Adelaide's produced. And I think Robbie's probably number one, but uh, Travis Boak would be up there, Tread Ray. Who did you enjoy tapping it down to the most? Oh, uh, look, I was lucky I had quite a few good ones. Uh, Peter Burgoyne was a, was, a, was a star. He was amazing, the stuff he was able to do. Josh Franco, um, you know, he only, unfortunately only played at a real high level for a couple of years before knee sort of took away his uh, his skill but he, he was amazing what he could do in traffic to make uh, Ruckman look really good and make other on ballers look pretty poor and uh, look there was a Josh Carr um, a Roger James you know, a couple of players that you may not remember but um, and then maybe my first or my last couple of years of Sean Burgoyne also was uh was pretty special, but yeah, I was lucky to have quite a quite a pretty good midfield to uh, to lay down and uh, make some of your taps look pretty good. Yeah, so the, the question has been this week, Matt, um, the best ever Port Adelaide player. Um, so besides yourself, would it be Robbie Gray? <laughs> oh, maybe he just might have me. Yeah, maybe by about 160 games. <laughs> um, look, yeah, oh, look, it's always hard to judge, isn't it? But I've had. Uh, done a couple of interviews over the last couple of days about Robbie and for me him and Warren Treadway uh, on a par you know you can break it down to BNFs and coaches awards and all Australians and all those sorts of things but uh, you know the, the, for those two they played the longest and Travis probably going to end up there the way he's, he's continuing on but you know to be able to play for 16 years and I'm not sure how many years Travis played for but to play at a super high level year after year after year after year is, is, is bloody hard you know I think some players can do it for one year, some can do it for two or three, some really good ones can do it for a bit longer, but you know, guys who continually do it, um, uh, especially in the modern game now, I, I think that's huge. I, I, so I would say Treaders and Robbie are the best. Um, how do you split them, I'm not sure, but I, I think they're the best two players. Um, and I said, as you said, uh, Travi Bokes probably who knows how long he's going to play for. He just keeps playing at a high level and it looks like he doesn't age at all. Um, you know, he might finish up there at the end also, but um, yeah, for me, Treaders was he was a star, you know, and played in arguably the hardest position and still is, though, those key forwards. And um, yeah, he was able, some of the stuff he was able to do and the level he played at. And, um, you know, from a pretty young age, he played at a pretty high level. But, yeah, Treaders and Robbie for me. And back back to your career, obviously the move from Fitzroy, you only had, I think, the one or two seasons there. Oh, yeah, one, yeah. Uh, over to Port Adelaide, obviously a, a, a difference in clubs. What do you remember of, of that move? Um, well, I, I'd spent a couple of years before I got drafted to Fitzroy playing for Nord. I moved over there from Geelong as a young kid trying to get drafted and, uh, you know, playing what was seen as the, the second best comp in the land. And um, so I sort of had played against Port Adelaide and knew what they were about. And Nord, I don't know if you know, but Nord and Port Adelaide, are, it's like a Crows, show, uh, Crows Port rivalry or Collingwood Carlton and those sorts of things. They, they are the two fundamental clubs in the SNFL. So I knew a fair bit about them the history of them and they knocked all out in two prelims and to make a grand final so it sort of once Fitzroy folded which was really disappointing um, I knew what they were about I was accustomed to Adelaide it was a great footy state um, so in the end it was a, a pretty easy move and um, yeah it was a true our first year I think we went into the last round having to beat St Kilda to make the eight and we, we just lost to them and then the same same year made the grand final against Adelaide so it was a, a pretty exciting year and then just to watch the club you know, build and blossom and uh, you know, eventually get where they got to in 2004 was great. And just a, a club steeped in history, success, great fan base. Um, uh, just a, a marvellous club. 
Yeah, there was a, a little fellow running around Kane Corns who uh, has a lot to do with the media at the moment. What are you, what are you making of him at the moment? And, uh, yeah, he's, he's got his head everywhere at the moment. Yeah, he's, uh, well, uh, if, uh, you know, you guys are in the, the media sphere to some extent if you want to uh, dominate it and, uh, and continue to have your, your name in lights and jobs and all that stuff, you've got to constantly be putting out there, especially, you know, with social media nowadays. It's uh, so many platforms and everybody's trying to get their voice heard, aren't they? And um, the more times you can put... A good story or an Atlantic story or a comment or whatever it is um, that keeps getting your name in headlights, and that's what it's all about. So, look, he's um, he was a, a terrific player, and he's gone down that path of you know, he has some, uh, great insights into players. He was certainly a very professional player and um, and studied the game really well. He has some great insights, and but unfortunately, the modern game is also full of you know what can you throw it as a headline to, yeah. to get somebody yes. to grab to click on a link and click on a video and all about views and all those sorts of things too, which. I'm not a fan of, but hey, that's the, that's the caper that the world lives in, not just sport, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's no, true. Was he as brutal uh, in the cl- in the club rooms as he is? Uh, what he is producing <laughs> at the minute, like? No, he was um, <laughs> he was a pretty quiet fellow. He was um, he, he was he was brutal in his his preparation to beat whatever opponent he wanted to tag. But he you know, he had a voice towards the end of his career. Um, he'd become a, a bit more of a senior player, but. Um, you know, in my time with him, he, he, every now and then he would pop up, but no, definitely not uh, as opinionated as um, as you see now. And that was more, you know, he had a lot of more senior players around him, but now if he's, if he's not like that, he's not going to be on their TV screens or on their phones and stuff, is he? So no, he's true, definitely yes. got to be down that path. But he, you know, he speaks really well, and, uh, you know, I definitely wouldn't have thought that was a, a avenue he would have gone down when I was playing with him, but uh, he's... He's making a good career out of it. No, he is. He, no, he's very entertaining. He certainly is. Um, now, I just want to touch on your coaching career, mate. Uh, you're still coaching, as we, as we mentioned, with the Southport in the VFL, uh, the Sharks there, so you're doing quite well. Um, what have you made of this week? And do you, do you feel for Ben Rutten? And did you experience the same thing sort of when you were on the outer at Port Adelaide? Yeah, well, I wasn't there too long, mate. It lasted a couple of years. But, look, it's all about wins and losses to an extent it's about wins and losses you know there has to be a um, you know the reasons why and, and um, you know I've had a couple of key people that you, you they're more your mentors that talk to you about stuff and your key centres of influence at footy clubs so your CEO your president your footy manager you all got to be on the same page and then the great clubs and the really good clubs and the successful ones time after time are always on the same path they, they might have disagreements and stuff but they come out of meetings or whatever and this is the agenda we're going and we're sticking to this and the poor clubs they they go from okay this is what we're going to do and then four weeks later they change tact and this is what we're going to do or someone gets sacked or moved on and then different people come in and uh, I haven't really studied Essendon Super but I know that they've been a, a super young team um, and defensively they've been pretty poor this year but if internally that they're building and let's say they're going to be good in a couple of years but when you have power brokers underneath boards and all those sorts of things and people start bobbing up and uh, we've got to make a change and, and you know the president's moved on the CEO's under the pump that's when things can happen and so you, you do feel for us because you lose people that are a part of your journey um, and when that happens and, and plus when there's also a guy like Alistair Clarkson out there which has been hasn't really had someone of his stature for a long time waiting for a coaching gig that throws something against it too and Essendon are a, a bloody proud club they want to be successful and uh, you know with Collingwood jumping up the ladder and Carlton improving and, and those sorts of things they want to get up there so um, yeah it's a, not, not a great time but unfortunately if you don't have the results on the board 
um, you're going to be under pressure and uh, and Ruts is certainly feeling that now. Who, who in your journey, coaching journeys, helped you the most or who do you look, sort of look to? Oh, look, Mark to? Williams, who was my yeah. coach when I was a player. Um, you know, I, I took over after Mark. And I, um, he, he certainly won, hit up for great advice and, and those sorts of things. And then, you know, I was pretty lucky um, when I was playing. Uh, the coaching group we had was... Uh, you know, I know Brisbane were a dominant team when, when I was playing, but our coaching group, we had you know, Phil Walsh, who unfortunately passed away, Dean Bailey, Alistair Clarkson, um, David Pittman, who was a, a really great mind. Um, so we had lots of coaches that when I'd become an assistant coach and then a senior coach, and you always lean on for advice. So we had lots of guys to, to ask for and who had lots of experience, but definitely Choco's one I... Uh, I continually hit up and then see him around the traps and, um, you know, he's, wherever he goes, success normally follows him. Well, I'm hoping he ends up... I'm a North man, so... Sort of... <laughs> well, look, he's got he's got that much experience and he's, um, you know, Chuck will be 100 and he'll still think he's should be a senior coach. He has that, that passion for coaching and teaching and um, and for making people better. And, you know, if you've got that as your, your DNA and that's who you are, um, yeah, it's mad that why more clubs don't reach out to him. Yeah, he's... Um, I wouldn't say he's a different caddy, he's different ideas, but all coaches have got their own philosophies and and uh, their flaws, but also what they're really good at. And for whatever reason, Chuck doesn't seem to, um, you know, to get the uh, the kudos that he has, like other coaches who have been in and out and maybe haven't won premierships or haven't had as much success as Chuck, but they keep getting their name mentioned. And uh, yeah, he certainly won. If I was ever in charge of a footy club, you'd certainly uh, have a chat to at least and, and you'd, you'd learn something new every time you talk to him. And Southport at the moment, second yes, on the ladder. Going, well. You must be uh, you must be pleased with the way they are going and the way you're you, obviously you're coaching. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm an, an assistant there. We've got a, a senior coach I work with when I was coaching at the Suns. But um, yeah, look, it's great. We joined the VFL that expanded into um, the Eastern Seaboard comp, I suppose it is. So all the VFL teams and Sydney and the Giants and us and Brisbane and the Suns up here in Queensland and. Um, yeah, we, we, we went into the competition last year, not sure what was going on, and then COVID knocked it on ahead and we didn't get to finish the season off. But, you know, we wanted to be the best standalone team and um, we've been able to do that and then find ourselves, you know, the last, heading into the last round this week. If we if we win, we'll probably nail second spot. And, um, yeah, we've, we've got a, a really good list and um, some, you know, great ex-AFL players, some good local players up here. And uh, really look forward to the challenge of taking on the the good VFL teams and Melbourne's the number one team of the moment. They're undefeated so far, so that means they get closer to their first loss. And hopefully we'll meet them somewhere down the track in the finals when that starts. But yeah, it is exciting to be up here in Queensland but playing in a real strong um, competition and, uh, you know, representing Queensland. No, it certainly is. And you, as you mentioned, you, 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 Casey R first, the uh, Melbourne Reserves. Um, so um, is there, do you, can you find a reason or how? Or, or there, is there a way to beat them, do you, can you think? Well, you're undefeated at the minute. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the, you know, we find as a standalone team when when we play the AFL teams that their list is healthy and they they're wheeling out you know 18 listed players. They, you know, and so we've got guys who are full time jobs or studying or whatever. That we're not as as fit, as strong, as fast as a, as athletic as um the AFL teams in Melbourne have. You know, maybe the last month they've had a few injuries, but they've been um super strong, wheeling out a really strong. VFL team and then their top-ups are mature-age, you know, Victorian footballers. Um, so, look, at the moment, they're, they're, they're strong everywhere. They're strong on ball. They've got great depth up, up forward. They've got a lot of key fights that can mark the ball. Um, um, they've got a, and they've got a lot of guys pressing 
for trying to get him in the in the senior team because you know who knows what's around the corner with them again. So uh, look, they're bloody hard to beat. We played them, uh, I don't know, about ten weeks ago out of Casey on a nice wet. They kicked the first seven goals to zero for us and then we, we got back to a couple of goals down and couldn't quite get over them. So, um, look, we'd have to have a lot going right for us, but um, we play a, a pretty good brand of footy. And uh, um, But, yeah, they're, they're the yardstick at the moment. And, um, you know, all the AFL teams that are, are going to make the finals in the reserves, like Collingwood and uh, Brisbane, um, Carlton, uh, Sydney Swans so all those are going to go deep in finals so um, it's going to be a, a really interesting detail final series Might open up a little bit it must be a good gig up there in uh, yeah. there in the Service Paradise way just <laughs> assistant coach not too much pressure and a bit of sunshine as well uh, plenty, plenty of sunshine a fair bit of rain yes. this, uh, this winter up here unfortunately but it's still you know, shorts and t-shirt most of the day and um, yeah look I do a bit of work with the government in the, in the NDIS area and um, sort of this footy stuff's uh, on the side but it's, it's great to you know, have a passion for coaching and it's good to be um, you know, still involved not at, a, at the AFL level but at a level where our players are still determined to be you know, really good players and try and get the best out of themselves and be semi-professional and um, still live on the Gold Coast and not have to um, you know go through a Victorian winter which is um, yeah. now we've travelled down there a bit of times and it's been a bit of a shock for the boys system but it's always good to get back up to the, the sunny coast yeah. How's the body mate? How's the body finished up? Uh, not, not too bad mate yeah I, I like to keep pretty fit my knees um, yeah, they're good enough to go running in straight lines and I do a bit of bike riding and swimming and stuff so no, my, my body's um, I'm pretty happy with how it's uh, pulled up after I've it. got a few knocks and bruises a bit stiff in the mornings and stuff but um Nothing that doesn't hold me back from being active, which is uh, which is a big plus. Oh, good to hear. Very good. And uh, who wins Saturday night, mate? Are you confident the power will just roll over the top of the Crows? Yeah, very confident. Very confident. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, the Crows have been in good form, but I'm not sure they've, they've beaten too much over the last um, month. Maybe Carlton was in there, but, um, you know, it's been West Coast and North Melbourne and those sorts of things. And I think... Uh, I think Port of, uh, you know, their last month, they might not have had too many wins, but really solid team. So, yeah, and with Robbie Gray leaving, I think, um, you yeah, that passion at home game for Port, um, yeah, I think they'll get over the line. Oh, Three or four goals, I'm hoping. <laughs> well, maybe Robbie kicks one after the siren. That'd be a better. <laughs> That'd be a great tribute. He, he wouldn't miss, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't miss. <laughs> hey, he never misses. No, he doesn't. Hey, Matt, uh, Matt, we'll have to leave it there. But uh, thank you so much for um, heaps of your time in the end. Thanks, Matt. Um, we've taken up far too much of your time, but thank you very much for it. For it. No problems, well. Thanks for the chat. <laughs> Not a problem. There we go. Matthew Primus, uh, Port Adelaide legend.